Shalom, brothers and sisters. I'm Brother Sid. I have Brother Wesley assisting me today. We have a detailed lesson prepared for our brothers and sisters internationally. Today's lesson will be called The Inside Job, brothers and sisters. The Inside Job. The Bible can be very complex. The Most High can speak of natural things and spiritual things and call them by the exact same names. Brothers and sisters, and today's subject is a key example of this point. Circumcision is normally thought of in natural terms only, brothers and sisters. But the Most High gave us this natural example to teach us of something that we could not see with our natural eyes. So today we're dealing with circumcision, circumcision of the heart, circumcision of the flesh, brothers and sisters. Please. Follow us closely. We're going to start at Joshua chapter 5. We're going to read 2 through 8. This is right before we made our way into the promised land, brothers and sisters. We all know that the older generations were killed off and only the children that were born in the wilderness made it into the promised land. You had Joshua and Caleb as the leaders. Even Moses didn't make it in. And this is right before we obtain the promised land, brothers and sisters. We're going to Joshua chapter 5. We're going to read verse 2, Brother Wesley. Joshua chapter 5, verse 2. At that time, the Lord said unto Joshua, Make thee sharp knives and circumcise again the children of Israel the second time. Do what, brother? Circumcise again the children of Israel the second time. Look at this. Circumcise again. The children of Israel the second time. Now, anybody who knows something about physical circumcision knows that you cannot be circumcised twice. That's something you can only do once. But what it's referring to is the men that came out of Egypt were circumcised. But the children of those men were not circumcised. So when it says circumcise again, these are speaking of the children of those who came out. Of the land of Egypt. Brother, read verse 2 again. Uh, speak a little bit louder. We want to be clear for the brothers and sisters here. Joshua chapter 5 verse 2. At that time the Lord said unto Joshua. Make the sharp knives. Do what? Make the sharp knives. And circumcise again the children of Israel the second time. So look at this brothers and sisters. Look at this. Make sharp knives and deal with the circumcision. So as soon as the nation of Israel crossed the Jordan into the land of milk and honey, the Lord immediately gave a commandment to Joshua, brothers and sisters. Uh, continue, brother. And Joshua made him sharp knives and circumcised the children of Israel at the hill of the foreskins. So look at this, brothers and sisters. Joshua was responsible for circumcising the children of Israel before you go into this land. Now we know that circumcision was a symbol of the covenant given to Abraham, brothers and sisters. It's a symbol. It's not the covenant. It's a symbol of the covenant that God's people would circumcise themselves on the eighth day. All the male children to cut off the foreskin of their reproductive system. Read verse three again, brother, please. And Joshua made him sharp knives and circumcised the children of Israel at the hill of the foreskins. Continue. And this is the cause why Joshua did circumcise. Read that again. And this is the cause why Joshua did circumcise. All the people that came out of Egypt that were males, even all the men of war, died in the wilderness by the way 
after they came out of Egypt. So look at this, brothers and sisters. First, he circumcised us as a nation, and then he circumcises us individually. So he cut off most of the, all of the males, the adult males. They died in the wilderness. The children, we were having children in the wilderness. And that's something, brothers and sisters. The children of Israel are something else. In the desert, <laughs> you know, still having children. But all the men that came out of the wilderness were, you know, they died. Why? Because they were dealing with unbelief. And the Most High could not bring people who are dealing in carnality into this promised land. So it's showing you here. He circumcised the nation by cutting off the unbelievers. And then he circumcised us individually, which is a symbol of the promise, brothers and sisters, or the covenant. Let's go to Joshua chapter 5. Verse 5, brother. Joshua chapter 5, verse 5. Now all the people that came out were circumcised, but all the people that were born in the wilderness by the way, as they came from forth out of Egypt, them they had not circumcised. So look at this, brothers and sisters. The previous scripture showed us that the men died in the wilderness, the fathers. So what is that showing you? That's showing you that some people can walk with the Most High and still not get the promise. Why? Because our people are better hearers than doers. Our people love to hear the word. Not so much when it comes to applying that word. So yes, our people were brought out of Egypt, walked with the Most High, being led all throughout the wilderness, and still didn't make it. So that's showing you. Just because somebody is walking with the Most High now doesn't mean they'll make it to the end. Read that one more time, brother. Joshua chapter 5, verse 5. Now all the people that came out were circumcised, but all the people that were born in the wilderness by the way as they came forth out of Egypt, them they had not circumcised. Them they had not circumcised, brothers and sisters. Brother Wesley, I need you to read Joshua 5 and 5 one more time. Joshua chapter 5, verse 5. Now all the people that came out were circumcised, but all the people that were born in the wilderness by the way as they came forth out of Egypt, them they had not circumcised. Right. So the children were not circumcised, brothers and sisters. They were being led all through the wilderness, manna coming down, water, being led by fire, protected by the cloud. But these children had not been circumcised yet. The men were circumcised before they came out. The children were not circumcised. Continue, brother. Read verse 6, please. Joshua chapter 5, verse 6. For the children of Israel walked 40 years in the wilderness, till all the people that were men of war, which came out of Egypt, were consumed, because they obeyed not the voice of the Lord. Because what? Because they obeyed not the voice of the Lord. See, brothers and sisters, everybody that walked with the Most High is not going to make it. Now, why are we bringing this out? Because our journey through the wilderness was a shadow of what we would have to go through to get the promised land again. We don't have the land right now. It's promised to us upon the second coming of Christ, brothers and sisters, that we shall be delivered the promised land. But we must be circumcised. And we're not talking about of the flesh, brothers and sisters. We're not talking about your reproductive organ. There's another circumcision that we're referring to. Read verse 6 one more time, brother. Joshua chapter 5 verse 6. For the children of Israel walked 40 years in the wilderness to all the people that were men of war, which came out of Egypt, were consumed because they had not obeyed the voice of the Lord 
unto whom the Lord sware that he would not show them the land, which the Lord sware unto their fathers that he would give us, a land that floweth with milk and honey. So look at this, brothers and sisters. There was a pruning process. Those who are unbelievers cannot make it, no matter if you're an Israelite or not. No matter if you're baptized, if you don't believe, if you're dealing with an uncircumcised heart, guess what? You're not going to make it. So we're showing you something here, brothers and sisters. These children were being blessed without the circumcision. It's telling you these children were not circumcised until Joshua chapter 5. Yet they were still being blessed. They were still receiving manna. They were still receiving quail. They were still being protected. They still had the hedge. They still were being led by the fire, protected by the war, uh, the clouds, and there was no circumcision. But what happened? They stopped just short of the acquisition. So we wanted to show you just because we're being blessed now doesn't mean we're finished, brothers and sisters. Doesn't mean we've been circumcised yet, because a lot of times people will look and say, well, I've been receiving all these blessings. And I, you know. That don't mean the change is over, brothers and sisters. The Bible is telling you, the Most High is saying, listen, I know I blessed you with it, but I've taken you as far as I can while you still have it. I know I blessed you while you still had the, you know, the flesh on your foreskin. But before you go into this promised land, you're going to have to go through some pain. See? So look at this, brothers and sisters. Look at this closely. Let's go to verse 7, brother. Joshua chapter 5, verse 7. And their children, whom he raised up in their stead, them Joshua circumcised. For they were uncircumcised, because they had not circumcised them by the way. See, they were uncircumcised. The children whom he raised up in their stead were uncircumcised, yet they were still being blessed. So they could have came to the Most High and say, oh, I mean, we were being blessed this whole time. You're telling me, you know, I wasn't in... In obedience to the law of circumcision, but I was still being blessed. Why should I circumcise myself now? Brothers and sisters, even in disobedience, the Most High had grace on us. How do we know? Moses was supposed to speak to the rock. He struck the rock, and yet the water still came out. So you can still be blessed occasionally when you're in disobedience, brothers and sisters. Why? Because that's called grace. That's what grace is, brothers and sisters. Read 7 one more time, brother, please. Joshua chapter 5, verse 7. And their children, whom he raised up in their stead, them Joshua circumcised. For they were uncircumcised, because they had not circumcised them by the way. Read. And it came to pass, when they had done circumcising all the people, that they abode in their places in the camp. Till they were whole. Till what? Until they were whole. Till what? Till they were whole. That word whole means healed, brothers and sisters. So what is he saying? He's saying, listen, I'm going to give you some time. Because after you get cut, you're going to go through some pain. You're going to go through some pain. This circumcision is going to hurt. And it's going to take some time. See? So he give you time. But you can't always blame what somebody else did to you. You can't live off how somebody raped you. 22 years ago. You can't always live off how somebody molested you 22 years ago. You can't always live off my father wasn't there. My mother wasn't there. I'm going to give you some time to heal. Okay? But you can't live there. You can't stay there. This circumcision is going to hurt, brothers and sisters. And guess what? Sometimes getting better hurts. Sometimes getting better hurts, brothers and sisters. So what we're dealing with today is 
the circumcision of the heart, and it will hurt. Most High said, listen, I gave you time to be whole. It's going to hurt, brothers and sisters. Why? Because it's who we think we are. It's who we've been, brothers and sisters. So don't ever, you know, don't ever make a correlation between healing and pain and say, well, because I'm in pain, I'm not being healed. Why? Because if you believe that, then you'll never be healed. Because you believe that pain or, or healing doesn't take place if you're in pain. Yes, it hurts. Yes. But what happens, brothers and sisters? It, it hurts sometimes to be made better. Just look at, you know, um, a lot of people who deal with these surgeries and different things. And they're in pain. They have to go through pain. And they get the surgery. And that's painful, of course. But what happens? They're better on the back end. So don't think because something did, you know, something hurt that you're not being healed, brothers and sisters. See, there'll be a scar. That's why I said till they were whole. The scar, brothers and sisters, is not an indication that you're not being healed. The scar is the indication you have been healed. See, because you only get a scar once you're healing. So, brothers and sisters, we're bringing it out. Why? Because this particular lesson if applied properly, correctly, will hurt. Brothers and sisters, for each and every man and woman, we'll have to do self-reflection. Why? Because this is what was going on in the wilderness, brothers and sisters. Before you obtain the promise, right before, I'm going to stop you short of acquisition because you have to cut this part off first. See? He's telling you, listen, I didn't say anything to you before because you were far away from the promise, but now you're too close. So a cutting must take place right before we went into the land. He said, okay, stop here. You have to, you have to cut off your carnal part. Some of them could have been like, well, why you didn't do this? You know, 10 years ago, we were here 40 years. Well, you weren't close enough. Now you're too close. So right before the breakthrough, right before you obtain it, a cutting must take place, brothers and sisters, a spiritual Cutting. Brother Wesley, let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 10. We're standing the tour here. We're going to Deuteronomy 10 and 16, brother. Deuteronomy chapter 10 and 16. Circumcise, therefore, the foreskin of your heart. Do what? Circumcise, therefore, the foreskin of your heart. And be no more stiff-necked. So look at this, brothers and sisters. Circumcise, therefore, the foreskin of your heart. And be no more stiff-necked. So what is it showing you? This is showing you the stiff-neckedness of our people is the circumcision of the heart, brothers and sisters. See, once you're circumcised, your heart is circumcised, you'll no more be stiff-necked. So the Most High wants to cut away what the enemy will use to destroy you. That which made you vulnerable to depression and bitterness. He wants to cut away our vulnerability to be exposed by certain things, brothers and sisters. A neck, a neck becomes stiff when you turn your head, brothers and sisters. When you turn your head away from his direction, that's a stiff neck. Read 16 again, brother. Uh, read a little louder, please. Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 16. Circumcise, therefore, the foreskin of your heart, and be no more stiff neck. See? So this is the key for the children of Israel. This is, a, this is for the circumcision. When we say the circumcision, we're speaking about Israel. 
that the Bible refers to Israel as the circumcision. Why? Because they had the law of circumcision. Brothers and sisters, it was a indication. It was a symbol of what? Of the covenant that the Most High made with our father Abraham. So he's telling you, our people must circumcise the foreskin of your heart. And majority of our people didn't do this. That's why they died off in the wilderness, brothers and sisters, because we're very stubborn and stiff-necked people. When we believe we know something, there's not much that you're going to say that's going to change that. This is who you're dealing with, brothers and sisters, whether it's for the good or for the bad. This must be addressed before you obtain this promise. Why? Because you can't get the promised land in your carnality, in your stubbornness and stiff-neckedness. This is us, brothers and sisters, not just Judah. We're talking about all 12. The natives, the Hispanics, and the Negroes, the Vietnamese, the Cambodians, the Indonesians. We're talking about these people, the Haitians, the Jamaicans, the quote-unquote African-Americans, the Brazilians, the Hawaiians and Samoans, the Puerto Ricans, the Costa Ricans, these, the Mexicans. These are the people the Bible is talking about. And if you are from one of those tribes, then you already understand you already understand the stubbornness that reside in our people. Nobody more stubborn than our people, brothers and sisters. And you're going to find that out through this scripture, through these uh, scriptures. Read that one more time, please, brother. Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 16. Circumcise, therefore, the foreskin of your heart and be no more stiff necked. Uh, let's go to let's go to John chapter 12 and 23, brothers and sisters. Please follow us here. We're going to the gospel. John chapter 12. We're going to read verse 23. He's telling you, circumcise your heart. John chapter 12, verse 23. And Jesus answered them saying. What did he say, brother? The hour is come that the son of man should be glorified. Read. Verily, verily, I say unto you. What did he say, brother? Except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die. Read that again. Except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. It what? It abideth alone. Read. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. Read that part again. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die. But what? But if it die. But what? But if it die. It bringeth forth much fruit. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. So listen, my inability to die is stopping my ability to harvest. Look at this, brothers and sisters. Look at this closely. See, that death, the cutting away is a sign you're getting close, brothers and sisters. See? So look at that. He stopped Joshua right before the promised land. Why? <laughs> Because he was close. So right before you obtain what you want, what the most I have for you, a cutting must take place. Some pain have to take place. Carnality have to be cut out of us, brothers and sisters. Read the next scripture, brother, verse 25. John chapter 12, verse 25. He that loveth his life shall lose it. Read that again. He that loveth his life shall lose it. And he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto internal, life eternal. Read. If any man serve me, let him follow me. And where I am, there shall also my servant be. 
And if any man serve me, him will my father honor. Look at this, brothers and sisters. I want you to analyze these scriptures closely. Matter of fact, go back to 24, brother. Read that one more time, please. John chapter 12, verse 24. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat falleth into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die... But what? But if it die... But what? But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. Look at that, brothers and sisters. That's circumcision of the heart. A part of us must die to bring forth much fruit. Now... He's telling Joshua, listen, I didn't speak to you before because you were too far away from the promise. You're too far away. I didn't need to speak to you about it. But right as you got on the cusp of that breakthrough, of that promise, of that blessing. Now, why? Just because he doesn't speak on it doesn't mean he condones it, brothers and sisters. He's telling them, I can't let you inherit the promise while you insist on being you. Remember that, brothers and sisters. He will delay acquisition until we correct and kill that which needs to die brothers and sisters we're right there on the cusp see and now we're cutting out to take a place because I can't you know as long as you insist on being you I can't give you this you must be able to cut yourself you must be able to cut that part off to show that you love me more than yourself that's why I said, if you, if, you know, he that loveth his life shall lose it. And he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. See, brothers and sisters? But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. And our inability to die is stopping our ability to harvest, brothers and sisters. Speaking to Israel. Now, all people can learn something from this, but predominantly the children of Israel, these scriptures are being directed towards because we have this uncircumcised heart more so than other people. We're held to a higher standard. There's stubbornness, this stiff-neckedness, this bullheadedness in our people, brothers and sisters. And we all know it. We all know this already. You probably experience it when you're trying to, you know, share truth with your family who are Christians and you just see how stiff-necked they are. And it's not just in the Bible. It's in all facets of life. You'll be showing them the scripture plain as day. The Sabbath is Saturday. Well, what about this? And what about that? And what about this? See? We're definitely these people, brothers and sisters. Start rationalizing, making up excuses. You can't get the promise unless you cut, cut that part away and it die, brothers and sisters. We're going to go forward. Let's go to Second Chronicles, Brother Wesley. We're going to 2 Chronicles, chapter 30. We're going to read verse 8, brother, please. 2 Chronicles, chapter 30, verse 8. Now be ye not stiff-necked. Read that again. Now be ye not stiff-necked, as your fathers were. As what? As your fathers were. But yield yourselves unto the Lord. Showing you what? Being stiff-necked is when you don't yield yourself unto the Most High. So look at this. And our fathers had this, brothers and sisters. Read. And enter into his sanctuary, which he has sanctified forever, and serve the Lord your God, that the fears of his wrath may turn away from you. So look at this, brothers and sisters. In our carnal mind resides a stiffness, an obstinacy, a unaptness to compel with the Most High. We have it from our fathers, and this must be overcome. Read that one more time, brother. 
Second Chronicles chapter 30 verse 8. Now be ye not stiff-necked as your fathers were, but yield yourselves unto the Lord. But what? Yield yourselves unto the Lord. Submit ourselves to him by obeying his instructions, brothers and sisters. And enter into his sanctuary, which he hath sanctified forever, and serve the Lord your God, that the fierceness of his wrath may turn away from you. So what did we sh- why do we go here, brothers and sisters? We wanted to show you what? The be now be ye not stiff necked as your fathers were. Showing you. Somebody who's an Israelite trying to act like we don't have this issue is showing their stick nothing. <laughs> it's showing how stubborn they are right now. We're reading the scripture saying, you're a stiff-necked people just as your forefathers were. And then somebody will come behind them and say, well, no, nah, I, I, yeah, I, I've been delivered from that. I don't really have that. I've never had that problem. You are showing, you're displaying your stubbornness right now. You know more than Chronicles. <laughs> You know more than the most high. See? Brothers and sisters, this have to go. We must circumcise our heart. We must stop being so stubborn. Because why? You don't deserve the kingdom. You don't deserve the promise. Neither do I, quite frankly. If we have to have it our way. As long as we insist on doing it our way. You're going to be met with a, a myriad of trouble, brothers and sisters. Let's go to Psalms 32, Brother Wesley. Let's go to Psalms, brothers and sisters. We're going to Psalms 32. We're going to read verse 8 and 9, brother. Psalms 32 and 8. I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go. I will guide thee with mine eye. So look at this, brothers and sisters. He will instruct us. He will teach us. He will guide with his eye. Not how I see it. Not how you see it. Because you're not seen clearly. He is. Read that again. Psalms chapter 32 verse 8. I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way that thou shalt go. I will guide thee with mine eye. Be ye not as the horse. Do what? Be ye not as the horse or as the mule. As the what? Or as the mule. Which have no understanding whose mouth must be held in with a bit and bridle. Least they come near unto thee. Read 9 again, brother. Take your time. Psalms chapter 32, verse 9. Be ye not as the horse, or as the mule, which have no understanding, whose mouth must be held in with a bit and bridle, least they come near unto thee. So look at this, brothers and sisters. The Bible mentions mules in relation to their stubbornness, brothers and sisters. So how insightful... To compare our unwillingness to turn from our lame ignorance with a stubborn horse and mule. See? So, be not ye then careless and stubborn, resembling those beasts who need the rain and muzzle. He's telling you, listen, I can. I want you to just follow my instruction. I don't want to have to put a, you know, put a rain and snatch your whole jaw out for you to follow what I'm saying. See? Because one way or another, you're going to do what he said. This is what he's telling you, brothers and sisters. I be not as... I'll let Brother Wesley read verse 9. Psalms chapter 32, verse 9. Be ye not as the horse or as the mule which have no understanding, whose mouth must be in with bit or and bridle. Must be what? Must be held in with bit and bridle, lest they come near unto thee. See? Whose mouth must be held in with bit and bridle. 
So look at that. You, We've all seen horse races and all types of stuff, brothers and sisters. See? I wouldn't have to pull the reins on you and, and almost rip your whole mouth apart if you just follow what I said. I'm trying to lead you to food. <laughs> You'll have a person, a jockey, trying to lead a, ho- you know, a horse to water. And the, the, the horse want to go its own way to where he got to almost drag them over to the water. The Most High said, I don't want to have to do that with you. Just follow me. Follow me and I won't have to, you know, deal with the rain and muzzle on you. He's talking directly to our people. Now, other people can, you know, get something from this too, but we are struggling with this and we're God's people. So it doesn't, if somebody else struggle with it, then okay, you know, but we definitely struggle with this and they have to be eradicated. It have to be terminated. Why? Because we represent the most high. Other nations don't represent the most high, so they can get away with things that we can't get away with. Why? Because if we deal with these type of things, we're misrepresenting him as his bride, brothers and sisters. See? Let's go to Ezekiel, brother. We're staying in the Tanakh. Please follow us, brothers and sisters. We're going to Ezekiel. We're going to read chapter 2, and we're going to read verse 4 through 7, brother Wesley. Ezekiel chapter 2, verse 4. For they are impudent children and stiff-hearted. Read that again. For they are impudent children and stiff-hearted. Brothers and sisters, I really need you to... <laughs> there's many scriptures referring to the, to, to the impudence, the, the, the stiff-heartedness, the stick-neckedness, the stubbornness, the obstinacy of the children of Israel. That's on the resume of the children of Israel all time and time again. This is a reoccurring theme of stubbornness. So for an Israelite who knows they're an Israelite, especially to say that we don't have this issue, you're wrong. You don't know more than the Most High. The Bible is here, you know, as an indication of the things we must correct. Read that one more time, brother. Ezekiel chapter 2 verse 4. For they are impudent children and stiff-hearted. I do send thee unto them, and thou shalt say unto them, Thus says the Lord. And they, whether they will hear or whether they will forbear. Now, whether they hear or forbear, he's telling Ezekiel, listen, I want you to go tell them this. I don't care if they listen to it or not, because I need to be able to judge them. Read that again, brother. And they, whether they hear, will hear or whether they will forbear, for they are a rebellious house. For what? For they are a rebellious house, yet shall know that they... That there have been a prophet among them. See, so he said, go tell them. Because we don't want them to try to act like they, oh, they didn't know. No, you knew. Because the, the Most High has sent people to you to instruct you. Read. And thou, son of man, be not afraid of them. Do what? Be not afraid of them. Neither afraid of their words. Through briars and thorns be with thee. And thou doest dwell among scorpions. He said our people are like scorpions, brothers and sisters, when you're trying to tell them something they don't agree with. So it's showing you a couple things here, brothers and sisters. When clear instruction has been disseminated, we will dismiss and deny it if we don't agree. Or we'll just act like we didn't hear. That's why verse 5 says, whether they hear or forbear. Because our people will act like they didn't hear. Oh, I, I didn't know that's what you meant. I, I didn't know. Oh, no, you knew. <laughs> you knew. So the Most High, he's, he's warning Ezekiel. Read verse 6. Take your time, brother. Ezekiel chapter 2, verse 6. 
And thou, son of man, be not afraid of them, neither be afraid of their words. Through briars and thorns be with thee, and thou doest dwell among scorpions, be not afraid of their words, nor be dismayed at their looks, though they be a rebellious house. See, so look at this, brothers and sisters. <laughs> look at this. It's telling you, be not afraid of their words, nor dismayed at their looks, because these are all the things our people will give you when they don't agree with your, you know, with your dissertation. They'll give you nasty looks. They'll cuss you. They'll say all types of stuff to you. Because why? Because they're a rebellious house. So he's showing a couple things here, brothers and sisters. Usually when the Mosai is trying to communicate with us, he will use a number of sources to express that same point. Because he really wants, you know, he really want to bring this down. Are they really not hearing me or are they ignoring me? Because there's a difference. Our people will try to hide behind, well, I, I, I didn't know. I didn't hear that. I didn't know that's, I didn't know you said, uh, you know, clean the bathroom before you got home, mom. Oh, no, you knew. You knew. You didn't want to know. And that's what our people do, brothers and sisters. See, so he said, whether they hear or forbear, they're going to be responsible because I told you and you should have listened. Read verse 7, brother, please. Ezekiel chapter 2, verse 7. And thou shalt speak my words unto them, whether they will hear or whether they will forbear. For they are the most rebellious. So he was warning Ezekiel. Why? Because when we're corrected, we usually respond with anger and bitterness, brothers and sisters. If I don't agree with it, there's a couple of things that's going to happen. I'm going to get angry. <laughs> I'm going to get bitter about it. I may cuss you. I may put my hands on you. As our, I'm, I'm reflecting as the children of Israel, not myself, brothers and sisters. But the Bible knows us so very well. So very well. If you don't believe this, just deal with a Christian in your family, probably, that, you know, been going to church for 10, 20 years, and then show them that the Bible says don't eat no pork, and see how their countenance changed. <laughs> or, or, you know, church Sabbath is on Saturday and not Sunday. Watch how quickly they become a scorpion. Brothers and sisters, I really need you to examine something here. This is the stubbornness of our people. This is the obstinacy. Of our people, this is that circumcision, brothers and sisters. The thing that you may not understand or may not agree. Are you willing to cut yourself for the most high as a symbol? See? Because while circumcision, brothers and sisters, is it's not for the past. It's for the future so you don't have future problems. See? So guess what? When a child was circumcised on the eighth day, it wasn't for anything in the past. It's because that particular part have a tendency to get infected. I know men who've done it as an adult. Why? It's not for the past. It's for what could happen in the future, brothers and sisters. So this is what we're dealing with today, that circumcision of the heart. Today's lesson is a inside job, brothers and sisters. Brother Wesley, read Titus 1 and 10. Titus chapter 1 verse 10. For there are many unruly and vain talkers and deceivers, especially they of the circumcision. They of what? They of the circumcision. The circumcision, brothers and sisters. Who is that? That's the children of Israel. Those who had the promised land or the promise of obtaining the promised land. And the covenant was that circumcision that you read of with Abraham, brothers and sisters. See? 
So this is what he was saying to Ezekiel. <laughs> You're among scorpions, okay? It's a rebellious house. So we must acknowledge our weakness, brothers and sisters. Why? Because the Bible reveals some legitimate concerns amongst our people that must be reformed, brothers and sisters, okay? We have some inclinations that will prohibit us from obtaining our destiny. So I don't really want to talk about uh, all these other nations, okay? Let's just deal with what we're doing. We'll deal with that because why? The Bible say if you can't rule your house, you can't rule yourself, your people, you definitely can't rule anybody else. So let's deal with the circumcision first. And see, that's why most people are probably not that fond of this church because we deal with us. <laughs> Instead of pointing to everybody else that's out there, we point right here. We deal with self-application and self-reflection. See? As opposed to trying to measure myself against another man or another nation. No, I'm going to measure myself against these scriptures that say I'm stiff-necked. I need circumcision of the heart. See? Read that one more time, Brother Wesley, please. Titus chapter 1 verse 10. For there are many unruly and vain talkers and deceivers, especially they of the circumcision. See? Especially they have the circumcision. So we're dealing with this, brothers and sisters. Why? Because when there's something that has to be addressed amongst our people, it must be addressed. The Bible tell you repeatedly that we are stiff-necked, we are stubborn, we are obstinate. He wouldn't keep pushing that point if it's not something that we're dealing with, brothers and sisters. So we're not going to, you know shy away from that and say, well, let's not talk about what he said the problem was unless you want to be the ones cut off in the desert. <laughs> See, all the men were cut off. Now, do you, would you rather ignore it so you don't have to, you know, feel pain, you don't have to cut yourself or would you rather die off in the wilderness? See, I'd rather be able to cut myself and make it into that promise because why? I was willing to cut myself for the most high. See, that's the difference. That's what the circumcision was. Abraham pulled his sons and said, let me show you what it is to be a man. Let me show you what it is to be a man of God. Cut your foreskin. See, that's what it is to be a man. To be a man of God. To be able to go through some pain for your God. Now I trust you. Brothers and sisters, this is what we're working on here. And this circumcision we're dealing with today is not just for men. This circumcision is for all of us because it's the circumcision of, a, of the heart, brothers and sisters. There's many unruly, vain talkers and deceivers amongst our people, brothers and sisters. And what's, what has to happen? A circumcision must take place, a cutting. If it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. You, you must kill that part of yourself. That stubbornism, that, that, that stubbornness, that obstinacy, obstinacy, that bullheadedness. Well, if I don't agree and I don't see how, you know, things should go, then I'm not doing it. Okay, well, <laughs> you're going to die in the wilderness. You will die in the wilderness because I can't bless you while you insist on being you. We have to get back to that, brothers and sisters. We must be molded. We must be pliable. We must be obedient. See, obedience isn't doing what you agree with. <laughs> oh, 
Obedience is doing it when you don't agree. See, that's where the trust come in because you don't agree with this. You don't understand it, but you're doing it anyway. Now I can use you. See, if you have to understand everything the Most High is breaking down, then you'll never be used because you'll never understand everything that he's breaking down because you are his creation and he's the creator. And that's me too. Sometimes I don't understand why, you know, I have to do certain things or go through certain things. But I tell him, nevertheless, nevertheless, it really doesn't matter what I understand. Why? Because I have faith that you're making, you're telling me to make the right decision for me. And that's where that faith come in, brothers and sisters. If the Most High is instructing us to do something, then he has our best interest at heart. And you have to trust that. You have to have faith in that. Because if you don't have faith in that, then you don't deserve the promise. How could you get in when you don't have faith that he's making the right decisions? Brothers and sisters. So today's lesson is an inside job. We're dealing with the circumcision of the heart. Brothers and sisters. Brother Wesley, let's go to let's go to the Torah. Let's go to Deuteronomy, brother. We're going to go to Deuteronomy chapter 9, verse 13. What does that say, brother? Take your time. Deuteronomy chapter 9, verse 13. Furthermore, the Lord spake unto me, saying, I have seen this people. I have what? I have seen this people. And behold, it is a stiff-necked people. Look at this, brothers and sisters. Time and time. This is all throughout our resume. <laughs> this is our work history right here. Stiff-necked, stubborn, obstinate. Why would the Most High choose us? Look at how much you love us, brothers and sisters. We're, we're hard to be led, and he still won't leave us alone. See? Now, of course, when we look, read certain things about Scripture, about ourselves, it hurts. But it depends on your perspective. Because when I see this, yeah, it, it shows, it sheds some light on some things that we wouldn't be fond of. But it also indicates that I'm definitely the people. <laughs> see, that's how I look at it. It's like, yeah, I do have to change, but this is definitely my people, though. So anybody saying this is not my people, just read these scriptures. Who else could it be? See, that's how I look at scripture when it says Israel does this. Israel's, Israel suffers from that. Yeah, it's true. We have to change. But it's just showing me how, how much God knows me, <laughs> how much he knows us. And why it's important for you to know your Israel. Because if you're reading these scriptures thinking it's somebody else. Why would you be, why would you be, you know, trying to reform? This ain't talking about me. This is talking about some white Jewish people, some Europeans. No, it's not. It's talking about you. See, this is the importance, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time, Brother Wesley, please. Deuteronomy chapter 9, verse 13. Furthermore, the Lord spake unto me, saying, Saying what? I have seen these people, and behold, it is a stiff-necked people. It is what? It is a stiff-necked people. Brothers and sisters, we have a proclivity to be stiff-necked, to be obstinate and difficult to lead. When we refuse to be guided, we become useless for any real work, brothers and sisters. Therefore, being rendered a disappointment, not performing the task we were designed to perform. So we must make a concerted effort to actively engage this predisposition, brothers and sisters, that we have. Think about it. Just think about it, brothers and sisters. Think about your life. Be real with yourself. Because guess what? If you can't be real with yourself, you're in a heap of trouble. You're in a heap of trouble. Because you can't, you can't be real with nobody else if you can't even be real with yourself. 
Do I suffer? Do do I suffer from this? Have I suffered from this? Let me think back. If somebody tells me something I don't agree with, even if it's not the most, how do I react? What do I do? Learn thyself, brothers and sisters. Learn thyself. We all have this, as our fathers did, brothers and sisters. So that means we must do what? We must engage this actively. We must terminate this. This thing that have a, you know, that can be used to destroy us. Because see, Satan want this, this, this obstinate heart. He want this stubbornness there. Because this same stubbornness is what he's going to use to destroy you. See? Because you have to agree with everything. See, Satan is very smart, brothers and sisters. He know how to destroy us. He's like, nah, don't circumcise yourself. You're good. I accept you the way you are. If you don't agree, you don't agree. Knowing next year that he's going to use that to destroy you. Brothers and sisters, who are you going to trust? You're going to trust the most high? You're going to trust yourself. Brother Wesley, let's go to 1 Samuel, brother. Stand in the uh, Tanakh, brothers and sisters. Please follow us. First uh, Samuel chapter 15. We're going to read 22 and 23, Brother Wesley. First Samuel chapter 15 and 22. And Samuel said, Have the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice. Read that part again. To obey is better than sacrifice. And to hearken than the fat of ram. So brothers and sisters, in the Old Testament, what would happen? The children of Israel had law to sacrifice animals for sin. So we would bring bullocks and goats and lambs. But the real sacrifice is what? The real sacrifice is when you bring yourself. See? That's that's the real sacrifice. Because it's one thing to have a lamb or a goat or a bullock bleeding. But it's something entirely different when it's me bleeding. When it's you bleeding, brothers and sisters. So he's telling you, listen, I, you know, the sacrifice is, I, I, you know, I want you to obey. Because why? Sacrifice was an indication of sin. Okay, so if you're sacrificing an animal, that's because you've been disobedient. Now, if you were following my instruction, you wouldn't have to slaughter no animals. See, that's the key, brothers and sisters. Because our people would set aside animals before they sinned. Knowing they were going to sin. You know what? This, this next week. This next week will be a bunch of sinning for me. Okay. It's going to be wild. It's spring break weekend. Let me go ahead and set aside seven calves. Because all the sin I plan on doing. See this is what our people do. Brothers and sisters. Try to get over. Read verse 23 brother. First Samuel chapter 15 verse 23. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. Read that again. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. And stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Idolatry. Look at that, brothers and sisters. Stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Being stubborn is idolatry, brothers and sisters. Which is what? One of the first commandments. <laughs> See? You should have no other God before me. If you're stubborn, that means you're worshiping yourself or whatever he's telling you to do that you will not do. You're, you're worshiping an idol. Because if you won't follow the Most High's instruction over whatever it is you want to do, that's self-worship that's going on there, brothers and sisters. 
The Most High counts rebellion as witchcraft and stubbornness as idolatry and iniquity. So look at this, brothers and sisters. I need you to really examine this. This stubbornness is actually following another God, according to the Most High. This is serious business, brothers and sisters. This is very serious business. This isn't some small thing that can be overlooked. Read that again, brother, 23. 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 23. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and adultery. Because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord. Because what, brother? Because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord. He have also rejected thee from being king. See, and this was speaking to Saul in specific, brothers and sisters. So why do we go here? Because careful listening and obedience are far more important than formal ceremonies. See, you know, eat, you know, not eating unclean foods and doing holy days. All that's good. <laughs> all that's good. But what about what he's telling me individually? The question is, what does he require that you're not willing to give? That's idolatry. And that's how he views it. Whether you view it that way, because I've never had a person come to me and say, well, you know what, Brother Wesley, Brother Sid? I have a problem with idolatry. That's never going to happen. <laughs> it's never going to happen, brothers and sisters. But it shows you stubbornness is actually idolatry. Because what is it that he's asking for that you're unwilling to relinquish? That's idolatry. See, we make ourselves gods. We make these material things, these things that we want, these people, all these things, brothers and sisters, we turn into idols. We have to be very careful of that, brothers and sisters, because you cannot get the promise as long as you insist on being you, brothers and sisters. That's including me. Brother Wesley, let's go to Jeremiah 17 and 23, brother. Please follow us, brothers and sisters. We have a uh, we have a myriad of precepts today because we're dealing with serious matter here. Jeremiah chapter seventeen, verse twenty-three. But they obeyed not, neither inclined their ear, but made their neck stiff. Did what? Made their neck stiff, that they might not hear nor receive instruction. Brothers and sisters, we must not turn our heads away and stiffen the neck. See, we must learn to yield and be pliable in his hands. Read that one more time, brother, please. Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 23. But they obeyed not, neither inclined their ear, but made their neck stiff. But did what? Made their neck stiff, that they might not hear nor receive instruction. See, so we must always, as the children of Israel, be cognizant of this tendency, brothers and sisters. See, we, this is why we should always be cognizant of this predilection, brothers and sisters. This, there's a reason for it. Don't ignore it. Just because I don't agree or like something about myself doesn't mean I ignore it. In fact, that means I, I ought not to ignore it. I, I have to address it. Why do I have to address it? Ecclesiastes 3 and 26 is why. I must be cognizant of this predilection. Look at this, brothers and sisters. Go to Ecclesiasticus and the Apographer. We're going to Ecclesiasticus 3 and 26, Brother Wesley. What's that say? Ecclesiasticus chapter 3, verse 26. A stubborn heart shall fare evil at the last, and he that love 
Loveth danger shall perish, perish therein. See, this is why the price of rebellion, brothers and sisters, is evil at the last. Read that one more time, brother. Ecclesiasticus chapter 3, verse 26. A stubborn heart shall fare evil at the last, and he that loveth danger shall perish therein. Continue. An obstinate heart shall be laden with sorrows, and the wicked man shall heap sin upon sin. An obstinate, obstinacy or obstinate is another word for stubborn, brothers and sisters. So look at this. A stubborn heart shall be laden with sorrows. This is the result of refusing to listen, brothers and sisters. See? If we have to have it our way, you're going to be smothered in sorrows. This is what the Bible is showing you. See, this is why we have to be cognizant of that uh, tendency that the children of Israel have. And when it says sin upon sin, why? Because every repetition of the sin lessens our power to resist. It lessens our power of resistance. Because, listen, if I can do it one time, it it, it tranquilizes <laughs> the actual, you know, potency of it. Because I, I've already done it. So, you know. And guess what? It'll spread to other areas in your life. If you're stubborn on this, you'll be stubborn on something else if you don't agree. <laughs> That's what he's showing you, brothers and sisters. Why? Because he who's faithful in little shall be faithful in much and vice versa, brothers and sisters. So it's really not this small issue of being stubborn about this or being stubborn about that. It's the whole thing. The whole thing is sick. An obstinate heart shall be laden with sorrows. And we do this, brothers and sisters, all of us. All of us have done this. So we have to examine that closely, brothers and sisters. The children of Israel. Why? Because we, we're supposed to use the Bible to teach us how to be happy. And we have to, we have to cut ourselves. We must circumcise ourselves in order to obtain our true destiny, brothers and sisters. We're going to prove that. Uh, read, read, read those two again one more time, brother. Ecclesiasticus chapter 3 verse 26 A stubborn heart shall fare evil at the last and he that loveth danger shall perish therein an obstinate heart shall be laden with sorrows and the wicked man shall heap sin upon sin See so we're going to show you brothers and sisters that being stubborn or being strong you know strong-headed or stiff-necked whatever you would like to call it it actually has an effect on your personality. It has an effect on your happiness, brothers and sisters. Without any shadow of a doubt. We're going to prove that. We're going to Proverbs 28 and 14. We're going to the Old Testament, brothers and sisters. Proverbs 28, verse 14, brother Wesley. Proverbs chapter 28, verse 14. Happy is the man that feareth away. Away. Read that again. Happy is the man that feareth all way, but he that hardeth his heart shall fall into mischief. Look at that, brothers and sisters. Fearing God is a reverent desire to please him, brothers and sisters. If you fear him, that means you follow what he says. So it's it's showing you, if you always take heed to instructions, you will be happy. Read that one more time, brother. Proverbs chapter 28, verse 14. Happy is the man that feareth all way. That he that hardeth his heart shall fall into mischief. See, so those of us who harden our heart will fall into mischief. Those of us who are stuck on being stubborn 
are allergic to prosperity, according to this scripture, brothers and sisters. Why? Following his instruction brings prosperity and favor. But if you rebel against him, your life will be full of sorrow because you're trying to control it. And it's not in a man or woman to direct his path, as the scriptures tell us. See, remember when you were a child and, you know, you just did what your parents told you to do. You didn't have any responsibility. You didn't pay bills. You know, you didn't have to go to work. That was the happiest time of your life. You didn't know that until you got, you know, <laughs> till you came into adulthood. You're like, man, I should have treasured that time where I could just lay up in the bed. You know, my mama cooked me dinner, you know, cooked me breakfast, cleaned the dishes, you know. I just go to school. <laughs> it's the same thing here. When you know you're not in control, brothers and sisters, you can lean back. Because listen, what the most high I want to happen is going to happen. I'm not in control of this. See, it's when you try to be in control of everything. That's where the sorrow comes in. Because it's not going to go your way. 90% of the time. Unless the most high, his will and your will align. If his will and your will don't align, you're going to have sorrow, brothers and sisters. All of us. I don't care who you are. So we have to bring this out, brothers and sisters. Fear him always, which means keeping his commandments. The fear of the Most High is keeping his commandments. Doing exactly what he says, even if it's something outside of the scripture. If he tell you something specifically, as he's told me, sometimes that's not for me to tell everybody. Sometimes he give me a word just for me and something I'm going through or I'm dealing with or something that affects me. And I have to, you know, I have to acquiesce to that. Why? Because if I don't, I'm going to fall into mischief. So brothers and sisters, relinquish that. Circumcise your heart. Allow him to control it and have faith that it's going to turn out for the best. If I allow him to control it, it'll turn out right because he knows better than me. Let me go ahead and cut this off. Let me cut this stubbornness off. Let me cut this part of my heart off. That is natural, but not needed. Further proof. Let's go to Proverbs 13 and 15, brother. Just a few chapters over, brothers and sisters. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 15. Good understanding giveth favor. Whoa, look at that. Read that again, brother. Good understanding giveth favor. But the way of a transgressor is hard. Look at that, brothers and sisters. We will be met with much resistance when we go contrary to his direction. This is all of us, brothers and sisters. So if you choose to do things your way and reject the rules of wisdom, your life will be difficult, brothers and sisters. That's just how it is. So you have to understand that the majority of the people who are depressed don't follow the most high. <laughs> They're doing what they want to do. And that leads to depression because you don't know what makes you happy. You're not wired that way. Only he who created you know what would ultimately make you happy, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time, Brother Wesley. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 15. Good understanding giveth favor, but the way of a transgressor is hard. See, so when it says transgressor, that's someone who refuses instruction. So they may listen at times, but they will not obey. They, you know, they intend to do things their way. That's a transgressor, brothers and sisters. Good understanding giveth favor, brothers and sisters. So, brothers and sisters, Proverbs 13 and 15 told us the way of a 
transgression is going to be hard. So we have to always examine that and look at that, brothers and sisters. It's never going to be easy to go against what you know is right, especially if you know what's right. Okay, brothers and sisters? So always keep that in mind. You know, it's not about being right. It's about being effective, brothers and sisters. It's about accomplishing what the ultimate goal is. And, you know, with our hardness of our heart, we will not be able to accomplish what our destiny is. There will forever be a barrier between us and our destiny, brothers and sisters, because the heart. See, and that's why most Pharisees didn't like Christ, because Christ always spoke of the heart. They wanted to speak about all the things they could see that they could prove. What about the things a brother or sister can't look at you and prove? See, that means you got to deal with yourself. And that's what people don't want to do. They want to only deal with what they can see, what they can prove. No, it's not about you telling somebody else what to do. It's about you doing it. See, that's what I learned. The scripture was given for me to apply it to myself. <laughs> See, we get these scriptures to start trying to point to everybody and say, well, you know, you ain't supposed to be eating that. You ain't supposed to be doing that. Brother, use the scripture on yourself. Turn it inward. <laughs> okay? That's what the most I taught me many years ago. I didn't give you these scriptures to go battle. Now, of course, you, you may have to battle sometime, but I gave you this for you. So turn it inwardly and use it that way first. And we're going to prove that. We're going to Romans chapter 2, verse 5, Brother Wesley. What's that say? Romans chapter 2, verse 5. But after thy hardness and penitent heart treasured, treasures up unto thyself wrath against the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God. So, but after the hardness and impotent, brothers and sisters, we have impotency in our heart. We have hardness in our heart, brothers and sisters. Treasures up the, unto thyself wrath. Read that one more time, brother. Romans chapter 2, verse 5. But after thy hardness and impotent heart, treasures up unto thyself wrath against the day of wrath, and revelation of the righteous judgment of God. See, so stubbornness and defiance of the Most High and His ordained authority is a serious offense, brothers and sisters. See, so unfortunately, this is the fate that awaits all those who persist in unyielding, brothers and sisters. The sad result of such mullish obstinance is made clear. Stubbornness leads to God's wrath, brothers and sisters. See? And the Most High loved us so much, he gave us insight on the things that would bring Him bring his wrath. Because whether you read this scripture or not, or understand it, the wrath is still coming. See, so he loved us so much to say, you know what, I, everybody will be judged. But I'm going to give you some insight onto what you'll be judged on. Other people don't know. See? But he loved us so much, he's telling you, these are the things I'm going to judge you on. Deal with it before the judge comes. And he's the judge. Brothers and sisters, we're not the judge, okay? We're warning you <laughs> that the judge is coming. This is a lesson that each man and woman must look within themselves. This isn't something you can go tell somebody else, brothers and sisters. This is something only you know. The things in your heart, the things that he wants you to do, the things he wants you to leave and drop. How do you feel about that? And if you don't agree, what will you do? See, that's the key. Doing it even when you don't agree, brothers and sisters. Because if you have to agree with everything, you've made yourself an idol. See, that's idolatry. 
What does the Most High want you to relinquish that you're unwilling to give up? Whatever that is, it's an idol, brothers and sisters, including myself. We all have to deal with this. I don't care how long you, you know, you've been understanding the Bible and knowing you're Israel. I don't care if you got fringes coming out of your nose. You have to deal with this. We all must deal with this circumcision of the heart, brothers and sisters. We're going to move forward. We're going to go to Isaiah 46 and 12, brothers and sisters. Follow us back to the Tanakh. Isaiah chapter 46, verse 12. Hearken unto me, ye stout-hearted, that are far from righteousness. That are what? Far from righteousness. Brothers and sisters, obstinate sinners are addressed. <laughs> Such are far from acceptance. See? Remember, he said, I rather obedience than sacrifice. So you could be doing all the holy days, the Sabbath, baptism. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> You're nowhere near righteousness. See, brothers and sisters, he would rather obedience than sacrifice, than these holy days and, and the things that we try to point to that, that's minuscule. Because guess what? For one brother, I had a brother tell me, you know, Pork really wasn't hard for me to put down. And I'm like, well, yeah, I understand that, brother. But there is things that's hard for you to put down. <laughs> and those are the things that you have to work on. Yeah, Christmas may not have been hard, brother. Yeah, maybe you didn't do Christmas. But there is something that is hard. So everything's not going to be easy. We're not going to get brownie points for letting go of things that really didn't matter to us. <laughs> you get the brownie point for letting go of what really does matter, brothers and sisters. That's for all of us, including me. Uh, read that one more time, Brother Wesley. Isaiah chapter 46, verse 12. Hearken unto me, ye stout-hearted, that are far from righteousness. Brothers and sisters, the rebuke is indeed sharp and severe, but it's well-deserved by those whose hearts are determined to be resistive and disobedient. Why? Obedience means hearing with the purpose of understanding and then applying or putting into action what we've learned. Brothers and sisters, and we've already discussed, our people are better hearers than they are doers. They love to hear the word. Even in the Christian church, remember, people will be driving from 30 minutes away to hear the word. But when it comes to applying the word, it's something completely different. Brothers and sisters, stout-hearted, stubborn, bullheaded, mullish. This is what we have. This is There's layers and layers of this. Brothers and sisters, and that will keep you far from righteousness. Our people came out of the wilderness. They were delivered. They went through the, you know, the water and still didn't make it in. Because why? The stiff-neckedness, the stubbornness that dwell within our people. We think too highly of our opinions, brothers and sisters, as if your opinion is reality. Or my opinion is the only reality that matters. And that's pride. We're going to go to Ecclesiasticus in the Apographer, chapter 3, verse 24, brothers and sisters. Follow us there, please. Ecclesiasticus, chapter 3, verse 24. For many are deceived by their own vain opinion. Read that again, brother. For many are deceived by their own vain opinion, and an evil suspicion have overthrown their judgment. See? So we resist because we feel that we know what's best for us, brothers and sisters. 
We resist because what you know, we're concerned that the most high what he has for us isn't really what I need or what I want. So our version of reality is the only one that matters. And this type of overconfidence illustrates a lack of self-awareness, brothers and sisters. That's why it says it has overthrown their judgment. You're not even making sound judgment now. You're open. <laughs> You're vulnerable to be destroyed. Why? Because of your opinion. You're going to stick with your opinion no matter what somebody provides for you. Our people do this all the time. We really have to examine this, brothers and sisters, because this will stop you from getting in. This is serious business here, brothers and sisters. Can you read that again, brother, please? Ecclesiasticus, chapter 3, verse 24. For many are deceived by their own vain opinion, and an evil suspicion have overthrown their judgment. See? So we have to be clear, brothers and sisters. One thing I learned in following the most high and, you know, maturing in the truth is that my opinion really doesn't matter. And it took a while because when you're in the world, your opinion is the only one that does matter. So it's a complete flip, especially when you're an adult. You're like, I'm going to do what I want to do and I pay my own bills. So there's nothing you can do about that. But I, 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 I encourage you to understand that chastisement don't stop as an adult, brothers and sisters. Direction don't stop as an adult. In fact, it increases. <laughs> from the Most High now, from your Heavenly Father. And one thing I've learned is that I can have an opinion, but I'm going to do what he said. Same way when you live with your mom and dad. You can, listen, that's not fair, mom. That's Your bedtime is 7.30. I don't care if it's fair. <laughs> right off. See, we have, to be, we have to be able to understand that, brothers and sisters. You're entitled to have an opinion. But you have to put that opinion away for the sake of the Most High's opinion. Because his opinion is really the only one that matters. Brothers and sisters, we're very opinionated. We're too opinionated, brothers and sisters. We have to be able to have an opinion and, and go against it. That's called discipline, brothers and sisters. That's called discipline. And you learn that through maturing in the world. Like, I may have an opinion of something that goes on in a workplace or somewhere amongst friends and family. I may know that somebody's wrong, but I don't have to say it. See? My opinion don't have to be <laughs> at the forefront. I, I keep that to myself. That's what I believe. That's what I know to be true. That's it. Don't be deceived by your own opinion, brothers and sisters. Ephesians 4 and 18, Brother Wesley. We're going to the New Testament. Going to the epistles, brothers and sisters. Let's see what's going on here. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 18. What does that say, brother? Having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them. Read that again, brother. Having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them. Because of the blindness of their heart. Because what? The blindness of their heart. Brothers and sisters, you can have your eyes open and still not see clearly. You may be hindering the blessing of God because of your version of your life. See, brothers and sisters? Read that again, Brother Wesley, please. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 18. Having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them. 
because of the blindness of their heart. Why? Blindness of their heart. Why? Because we're deceived by our own vain opinion. The blindness of their heart. Circumcision of the heart, brothers and sisters. See? You, you can't see clearly. It's overthrown your judgment because you're so, you know, enamored with what you believe is true. Or what's true to you, brothers and sisters. And you have to get out of that. Because if you can't get out of that, you're going to be cut off. The same way our forefathers were. And it's hard, brothers and sisters. We know. That's why Joshua said, listen, he gave him time to be made whole. Because it's going to hurt. That's the symbol that you're with him. Is that you're willing to hurt yourself based on his direction. I'm willing to cut this off. To show my seriousness to my God. It is going to hurt, brothers and sisters. There's no question about that. Why? Because we got attached to these things. These things have become us. Or we believe it has. When it hasn't. It really isn't. But we believe. This is just who I am. This is just, you know. No. You have to cut. Cutting must take place, brothers and sisters. Whatever that is. That stubbornness. That dwell within us. Have to be addressed, brothers and sisters. Before we receive the promise. And guess what? That circumcision takes place when you're on the cusp of the promise, brothers and sisters. See? Because why? He will delay acquisition until you get it right. He will delay acquisition until you get it right. Same way in Joshua. They were right there. They were getting ready to go into Jericho in that same scripture. Brothers and sisters, before he said, listen, go to Gilgal, circumcise all the men first, before. Why? It's an indication that I can't bless you while you continue on being who you want to be and seeing things how you want to see. So, brothers and sisters, this right here is going to hurt, but it must be done because this is symbolic of you trusting your God. That you're willing to cut what you've lived with so long. What you've been blessed with. I received blessings while I was doing this. You didn't say anything when I was receiving blessings. Listen, don't think that the Most High's silence means he condoned something. It just meant that you weren't close enough for it to really matter. I waited for you to get at the door of the promise. And now you must, be, you must relinquish this. A cutting must take place. Brother Weston, let's go to Proverbs 4 and 12. Today's lesson, brothers and sisters, is a inside job that we're dealing with here. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 12. There is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Brothers and sisters, while you are destroying your own life, you will think what you're doing is perfectly right. And that's, that's the key. That's the deceitfulness of it, brothers and sisters. And see, Satan, I already know this. <laughs> Satan knows this already. So instead of feeling and thinking, we should be listening and learning, brothers and sisters. Each and every one of us. I don't care how young you are or how old you are. Everybody, including me. You're never too old to, you know, to circumcise yourself. You're never too young to circumcise yourself spiritually. Read that one more time, brother, please. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 12. There is a way which seemeth right unto a man, 
but the end thereof are the ways of death. See, so ideas generated from the inside are always inferior to those found in the Bible, brothers and sisters. And the question is, what do you know that God is unaware of? <laughs> what is it that you know that he doesn't on why you're being so stubborn? Because remember, he said those of us who continue to be stubborn or obstinate will do what? Have a life laden with sorrows. The next scripture will illustrate that. Read the next scripture, brother. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 13. Even in laughter, the heart is sorrowful. And the end of that mirth is heaviness. <laughs> so even, listen, we're not saying that you being stubborn means you won't have some fun. <laughs> but after you're done laughing and you go home, <laughs> you're still, that's there. See, you may be able to hide it from Brother Wesley and Brother Sid, from your mom and dad. But when you go home, it's there. Why? Because you're fighting it. See, even in laughter, the heart is sorrowful. The only thing on your mind, he's telling you, follow me. Follow me. Read the next scripture, brother. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 14. The backslider in heart shall be filled with his own ways, and a good man shall be satisfied from himself. Brothers and sisters, I really need you to examine these three scriptures here. The backslider in heart shall be filled with his own ways. There's a way which seemeth right unto a man. But the end thereof are the ways of death. So brothers and sisters, you really must examine this. You really must analyze this. Because this will keep you from obtaining your destiny. Brothers and sisters. It's not about what you're eating and all that's easy. Listen, anybody can walk down an aisle and pick up some lamb chops. <laughs> okay? And instead of pork chops. Anybody can do that. Anybody can stop, you know, saying, well, listen, we're not doing Christmas this year. That's easy. The part that's hard is when you go home and you're by yourself. That's the hard part, brothers and sisters. You must be willing to cut yourself in order to obtain this promise. Why? Because that's, the, that's a sign of the covenant. Abraham circumcised himself around 90, brothers and sisters. See? If you're not willing to do this, you... Listen. You will not be chosen because you're not willing to hurt yourself believing that it's, you know, what the Most High wants you. Yeah, it hurts to get better sometimes, brothers and sisters. It hurts sometimes to get better. And it's going to take faith to actually to believe that and to, to, to do that, brothers and sisters. Read 12 one more time before we move on, brother, please. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 12. There is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Brothers and sisters, we want you to analyze those scriptures because life is it's, 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 very, it's very precious, brothers and sisters. Time is very precious. It's very delicate. And time is something you cannot get back, brothers and sisters. And when that call is made, because eventually the Most High will just call you home. Saying, you know what? I have sent all these people to you. You know what? Uh, and told you what to do. And you didn't listen. So you know what? Now you come see me, son. Now you come see me, daughter. You didn't want to listen to anybody else. Now you come see me. Brothers and sisters. There's a way that seemeth right unto a man or woman. But the end is the ways of death. 
You must get direction, instruction from your father. And if you don't agree with it, that's even more reason to do it. Because now you're proving yourself to him that I can go against what I want for your instruction. That's where you get the, the extra credit. See, I tell the father when there's certain things, I'm like, well, I don't really understand why you're saying do this, but I'm going to do it anyway. Because I need all the credit I can get because I may slip, you know, <laughs> I may slip one time and be able to go back. Well, father, uh, you know, <laughs> I have been trying, you know, that's how you build that credit up with him. He already know you don't agree. He already know you don't understand the fact that you did it anyway. Okay. All right. He told Abraham, pack up and, and move. Abraham was good where he was at. Everything comfortable, fam. Everything was good. He didn't understand, but he definitely didn't question. He got up and did it. And that's why he was one of the greatest men. We're now still talking about his promises based on him not questioning the most high and just doing it. Let's go to Ecclesiasticus, brother. We're going to Ecclesiasticus chapter 5. We're going to read verse 2, brothers and sisters. I want you to, I want you to analyze these close, please. Ecclesiasticus chapter 5, verse 1. Verse 2, brother. Verse 2. Follow not thine own thy own mind and thy own thine strength to walk in the ways of thy heart. Read that again, please. Follow not thine own mind and thine strength to walk in the ways of thine heart. Follow not thine own mind and your own strength, what you can do physically, what you can do. See? What is it saying, brothers and sisters? The next scripture will illustrate. And say not, who shall control me for my works? For the Lord will surely revenge thy pride. For what? The Lord will surely revenge thy pride. Don't let pride be your God, brothers and sisters. Because pride is the root of every other sin. See, when we follow after our own mind and strength and what I can understand and what I can do physically through my hand, that's pride, brothers and sisters. And it shall be revenged. So we have to be very, be, you know, we have to be very careful here, brothers and sisters. You have to be very, very careful. It's a straight and narrow path, brothers and sisters. And, you know, just eating clean foods and not celebrating holidays is the easiest part. <laughs> okay? Paul said, think not that I have apprehended. Paul wasn't celebrating any holidays. He was celebrating straight holy days. He wasn't eating any unclean food. So that wasn't even on his mind. <laughs> From birth, they were not doing any of that stuff. It was the other stuff. It was the heart. Paul told you he was fighting it. He admitted he was carnal. He admitted that he found himself doing things he didn't want to do. So for somebody else to then come and say, well, yeah, I, you know, I don't deal with that. I've overcome that. You're a liar. You're a liar because if Paul, the man who was writing the Bible, was dealing with this, what about the man reading it? Let's go to Jeremiah, brother, 17 and 9. Follows to the Old Testament, brothers and sisters. Jeremiah, chapter 17, verse 9. The heart is deceitfully, deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Read that again. Jeremiah, chapter 17, verse 9. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Brothers and sisters, wise men do not trust themselves. 
but learn to despise their hearts as their most dangerous enemy. Brothers and sisters, why? Because our heart is sinfully wicked by nature, not the other way around. And how do we know that? Because we ask people, you know, did, did someone have to teach you how to lie as a child? Did somebody say, well, listen, um, you know, this is how you tell a lie. No, <laughs> you didn't have to be taught how to lie. Your heart is deceitfully wicked by itself from its inception. And nobody teaches a two-year-old how to lie. Who ate those cookies? I don't know. Somebody didn't have to teach you that. The heart is deceitful above all things. It says all things, brothers and sisters. Not some things, all things. See, so you have to be real, brothers and sisters. Anything that comes from my heart, I never trust it. Ever trust it. I have to first validate what I believe my heart is saying, but I always start with no. <laughs> Listen, only, sometimes you only need to know who the salesman is to know you're not buying it. And I'm not buying it. See? I don't trust anything that comes from there because no matter how many scriptures you know, your heart is wicked. It's, it's wicked. So I have to now screen it, go to the Father and say, okay, this is what I'm feeling. What is this right? And if it's not, okay, well, you know what? That's, okay. That's cool. That's good. The heart is deceitful above all things. So anybody telling me my heart is telling me this and telling me that, it's like, <laughs> you, you're going the wrong direction. You're going your wrong direction. We're going to prove that. Let's go to Proverbs 23 and 19, brother. Proverbs chapter 23, verse 19. An inside job, brothers and sisters. Proverbs chapter 23, verse 19. Hear thou, my son, and be wise. And do what? And be wise. And guide thine heart in thy way. Do what? And guide thine heart in thy way. Brothers and sisters, you must direct your heart, not be directed by it. And anybody who's doing it the other way is not wise. <laughs> How do we know? Read it one more time. Proverbs chapter 23, verse 19. Hear thou, my son, and be wise. And do what? And be wise. How do you know that you're wise? Read and guide thine heart in thy way. See, that's how you know you're wise. <laughs> See, our hearts were never designed to be followed, but to be led, brothers and sisters. You must direct your affections and choices according to his instruction. See, you must direct your heart. You must direct your affections, emotions, and preferences to the path of destiny he has chosen, brothers and sisters. See, wise men understand. I tell my heart what to do. Not the other way around. See? That's part of being wise. Brothers and sisters. Brother Wesley, read Ecclesiasticus 51 and 26. Ecclesiasticus chapter 51 verse 26. Put your neck under the yoke. Do what? Put your neck under the yoke. And let your soul receive instruction. She is hard at hand to find. So brothers and sisters, where it says, put your neck under the yoke, it's forcing yourself to behave differently than you feel, which is a huge step in maturity, brothers and sisters. Why? Because if you can't do that, um, you're still a child. I don't care how old you are. 
So anytime a man, you know, feel like he needs to release himself, no matter who the woman is, where the woman is, I just, I can't, I just can't control myself. I just have to look at her buttocks. I just have to uh, pull up some, uh, some pornographic images. I just have to get high. I just have to get drunk. See, if you can learn it on any level, you can learn it on every level. What we're talking about here is principle, brothers and sisters. So you must force yourself to behave differently than you feel. Because when a person is genuinely obedient, he or she does not select to obey in areas which they like or are easier or to ignore what they do not like. That's not obedience. <laughs> obedience means whether I agree with it or not, what I feel like is secondary to what the instruction is. Put your neck under the yoke. Let your soul receive the instruction. See, and that's a major step, brothers and sisters. It's to behave differently than what you actually want to do or what your flesh is telling you to do. And once you do that, now you have moved up to the level in which the Most High can utilize you. Because you cannot be utilized if you have to always feel like doing something in order to do it, brothers and sisters. This is an inside job. We're talking about the circumcision of the heart. We're talking about stubbornness that our people deal with, the children of Israel. Brother Wesley, well, let's go to Psalms 81 and 11. Going back to the Old Testament, brothers and sisters. Follow us there, please. Psalms chapter 81. We're going to read 11 through 13. Psalms chapter 81, verse 11. But my people would not hearken to my voice. Read that again. But my people would not hearken to my voice. And Israel would none of me. So I gave them up unto their own hearts. So what? I, so I gave them up unto their own hearts lusts. And they walked in their own counsels. See, so we have a tendency to be headstrong, brothers and sisters. And headstrong means determined to have one, you know, have one's own way. A determination to walk in our self-determined way. And eventually it says, I gave them up to their own hearts, their own lust. So I'm going to let it destroy you. Look at that. He said, eventually I'm going to let it destroy you. Why? It's called being reprobate. When a homosexual know they wasn't born that way, but because they keep going against the Most High, he allowed them to deceive themselves and say, well, I was born that way. Knowing nobody is born with sexual urges. You was not born that way. That's a learned behavior. No child is born at one, you know, one, two, three years old saying, I like boys or I like girls. At that age, you're like, oh, girl have cooties. It's a learned behavior, brothers and sisters. See, I will give them up to their own lust. Read 11 and 12 again, brother. Psalms chapter 81, verse 11. But my people would not hearken to my voice, and Israel would none of me. So I gave them up unto their own hearts lust, and they walked in their own counsel. See? So you're walking your own counsel when you don't hearken or listen to his voice, brothers and sisters. We're going to the New Testament. Acts chapter 7, verse 51, brothers and sisters. Acts chapter 7, verse 51. Ye stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears, ye do always resist the Holy Ghost as your fathers did, so do ye. Read that again. 
Ye stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears, ye do always resist the Holy Ghost as your fathers did, so do ye. So look at this, brothers and sisters. Ye stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart. See, it's the stiff-neckedness that's, that's an indication of your uncircumcised heart, brothers and sisters. So he's telling you, don't fight against the conviction of the Holy Spirit. See? This scripture is an indication that we know what's appropriate. When it says resist, that means you know what's right. <laughs> but you're, you, you, you won't follow it. So we hear, we see it, we feel it, yet we battle against it. See, brothers and sisters, as your fathers did. So the Bible continues to emphasize our defiant behavior. Our fathers did the same thing, our forefathers, brothers and sisters. See? So why? The Holy Spirit will tell you what to do and what not to do. It'll tell you when you're going off. It'll tell you, okay, do that. Okay, don't do that. Don't go there. No, no, don't do that. Your father won't be happy with that. See, that's what the Holy Spirit is there for, but we'll ignore that. We will ignore that. And when we continue to ignore that, we lose the Holy Spirit. Because, see, it's a feminine spirit. And if you don't listen, I'll leave. See? You want to continue to be deceitful and go against me? <laughs> then, hey, you have no need for me. You're not going to use me when you feel like using me. Read that one more time, brother, please. Acts chapter 7, verse 51. Ye stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears, ye do always resist the Holy Ghost, as your fathers did, so do ye. Always, brothers and sisters. See, the children of Israel have always dealt with this stubbornness that we're addressing today, brothers and sisters. I want you to analyze this closely. We're going to Proverbs chapter 29, verse 1. Let's go to the Old Testament, brothers and sisters, and let's see what Proverbs is trying to convey to us. Proverbs chapter 29, verse 1. He that being often reproved, pardon his neck. Read that again. He that being often reproved, Hardeneth his neck, shall suddenly be destroyed. Shall what? Shall suddenly be destroyed, and that without remedy. See, so here's one of the most frightening warnings in Scripture for those who are headstrong and unyielding. If you stubbornly refuse God's way, you will bring on yourself his severe judgment, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time, brother. Proverbs chapter 29, verse 1. He that being often reproved hardeneth his neck shall suddenly be destroyed and that without remedy. See, so if you if you often continue to harden your neck, which means if you don't agree with it and it's the most highest instruction or you don't understand it. Um, guess what? You'll be suddenly destroyed. There is no remedy for that. And the key word there is suddenly It's going to come without warning. This is going to come without warning, brothers and sisters. And the question is, or, or the statement that needs to be made is the, the heart of the reason for this is pride, brothers and sisters. It's pride that will have us continue to harden our neck if I don't agree with something. As if my opinion, <laughs> you know, is what, what's needed to be validated as right. Well, if I don't agree with it, then it's wrong. <laughs> this is how, how people think so highly of themselves and their own opinion. Is as if the Most High needs, <laughs> you know, needs you to acquiesce. He doesn't need you to acquiesce. He will destroy you 
It would destroy me. Because you understand what's right. You choose not to do it. Let's go to Ecclesiasticus 17 and 16, brother. I want you to analyze these scriptures, brothers and sisters, because some of these scriptures that we're about to read are going to be very, very important to our self-application. Ecclesiasticus chapter 17, verse 16. Every man from his youth is given to evil. Read that again. Every man from his youth is given to evil. Neither could they make to themselves fleshy hearts for stony. Every man from his youth is given to evil. See, brothers and sisters? So a couple of things are working here in this lesson that we read with, it started off in Joshua with the circumcision on the, uh, in Gilgal for the children of Israel before they went into to Jericho. It showed us that physical circumcision shows you what's natural is not needed. Brothers and sisters. So some things that should have happened early in your life or our life that didn't happen. Uh, guess what happens? The most high will delay you until you correct it. See? So those children in the wilderness had to be circumcised as full adults when they should have been circumcised young. See, brothers and sisters? And anytime God has to do later what should have been done earlier, <laughs> it's going to be painful. It will be painful. Because see, the good thing about being circumcised when you're an infant is you get cut and you go, you, you drink some of mama's milk, they pat you on the back, they feed you, and you go to bed. <laughs> you don't even remember. But when you get older, it's an experience that you'll never forget. See, that's what happens when you do late what should have been done early, brothers and sisters. See? When you're circumcised as a baby, you don't remember it. But the older you get, the harder it is to pick up that knife. Brothers and sisters. That's why he had to kill off the older generation. Because the older you get, the harder it is to pick up that knife, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time, brother. Ecclesiasticus, chapter 17, verse 16. Every man from his youth is given to evil. Neither could they make to themselves fleshy hearts for stony. See, we have stone, hearts of stone, brothers and sisters. Hardened hearts. It's, but it's showing you every man from his youth is given to evil, which means we all have a circumcision that need to be done. See? And if it would have been done early, <laughs> it wouldn't be so painful later, brothers and sisters. See? For example, somebody who as a child understand Christmas, you know, at a young age is evil. As opposed to somebody who's been celebrating Christmas 50, 60 years eating pork to now just try to change. It's harder because you're setting your ways. We went here to show you that every man from his youth is given to evil. See? So there's inclinations as you're immature. When you're immature, there's certain tendencies you're going to have. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 13 and 11, Brother Wesley, to, to link with Ecclesiasticus 17 and 16. We're going to 1 Corinthians 13 and 11. What's that say, Brother? 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11. When I was a child, I speak as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. 
But when I became a man, I put away childish things. Examine that, brothers and sisters. Examine it closely. Read that one more time, brother. First Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11. When I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. Now, brothers and sisters, if you analyze this closely, this illustrates that you can grow outwardly and not inwardly. See? So look at this. He didn't say, I put away childish things. He didn't say, when, you know, when I put away childish things, I was a man. He said, when I became a man, I put away childish things. Showing what? Pro, excuse me, growth is proven by what you'll give up to go to the next dimension. He's telling you that when I was a man, I still had childish things that had to be put away. So look at this. He didn't say when I put childish things away, I became a man. He said when I became a man, I put the childish things away. Showing you that a lot of men and women, adults, because this isn't about gender here, brothers and sisters. This is about maturity. You can be an adult on the outside and still a child on the inside. That's what it's showing you. Read that one more time, brother, slowly. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11. When I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man... I put away childish things. See, when I became a man, I put those childish things away to show you that he still had those childish things when he was a man, brothers and sisters. See, so my understanding is childish, but my body is full grown. A lot of us are dealing with an immature inner life. And the Most High is trying to give you an inheritance that you cannot inherit. Why? Because you're holding on to the logic of a child. See? Because why? When you're a child, everything's about me, 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 me. <laughs> See? That's what children do. It's, I mean, that's what all children do. They're not thinking about anybody else. They're thinking about themselves. So we wanted to show you. Paul is telling you, even when I was a man, I had childish things that needed to be put away. See, people usually don't break that scripture down like this, but this is how it needs to be utilized in the context of this lesson, brothers and sisters. But when I became a man, I put away childish things, not I put away childish things when I became a man and then I became a man. See, that's the key. And there's a lot of sisters out there who already know this to be true. They've probably been around a plethora of men that are really children. Act your age, not your shoe size. Remember that, brothers and sisters? See? It's a lot of people who look grown, <laughs> who look like adults, but really inside, internally, they're children. We're going to show you something, brothers and sisters, because you can't inherit the promise if you're still a child. Let's go to Galatians, brother. Let's go to Galatians chapter 4, verse one, brothers and sisters. What's that say, Brother Wesley? Galatians chapter 4, verse 1. Now I say that the heir, that the heir, that the heir, as long as he is a child, differeth nothing from a servant. Read that again, brother. Now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, until he arrives at the age, differeth 
nothing from a servant. Does what? Differeth nothing from a servant. Differeth nothing from a servant. <laughs> so he's not his own man. Nor is he at his own dispose. He cannot do as he pleases. He is under restraint. Why? Why, brothers and sisters? Because he's in the he's under the imprisonment, <laughs> under the law of his heart, led by emotions. See? Now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, differeth nothing from a servant, though he be Lord of all. See? Remember, I put away childish things. <laughs> See, brothers and sisters, as long as you continue to act as a child, you're a servant. And you cannot obtain what your promise is. See, brothers and sisters, being led by emotions, being, you know, serving your heart instead of being, instead of guiding it, guide your heart. No, don't let your heart guide you. That's what this is showing, brothers and sisters. See, if you're being led by emotions and by your heart, you're still a child. That's what he's showing, brothers and sisters. This must be thoroughly exterminated. Why? Because the net effect of the immaturity is the loss of control, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time, brother. Galatians chapter 4, verse 1. Now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, differeth nothing from a servant, though he be lord of all. See? So look at that. Though he be lord of all. His position as the heir didn't entitle him to true freedom until he reached the agreed upon age, brothers and sisters. So what is it showing? When you develop selfless thinking, see, that's when you become a full age. That's when, when you develop selfless thinking, most of us are dealing selfishly. It's all about what I want, how I feel, what I need, my perspective, see, so until he arrive at the legal age, he is a master of nothing. Just like if somebody is left an inheritance, you know, a parent die. He can't, the child cannot receive that inheritance until he's 18. Somebody must be in charge over his inheritance until he's 18. See what the Bible is saying? Though you're an heir, as long as you are a child, you are a servant. Because you're being, you're, you're serving your lust, you're serving your flesh, you're serving your heart. See, brothers and sisters, that have to be exterminated. Why? Jeremiah two and fourteen is why. Look at this scripture, brothers and sisters. Look at what Jeremiah is, is saying. Jeremiah chapter two verse fourteen. Is Israel a servant? Read that again. Is Israel a servant? As long as he be a child, he differeth nothing from a servant. Is Israel a servant? Is he a homeborn slave? Is he a what? A homeborn slave? Why is he spoiled? Look at that. Is Israel a servant? Is he a homeborn slave? Why is he spoiled? Look at that, brothers and sisters. Historically, our people would disregard anything. They don't understand or agree with. See? So we will not accept or acquiesce to anything outside of what my vision for my life is. That's selfish, brothers and sisters. When it says spoiled, me, 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 me. See? <laughs> Look at that, brothers and sisters. Even though he be heir, a child will, you know, 
be regarded as a servant until he come to age. When do you become a man? <laughs> when you become selfless, brothers and sisters. So we must put away those things which act as a barrier to our destiny. We must cut away that which is not profitable. See, as a child, you can just gallivant through life. You become a man, though. When do you become a man? You become a man when you become responsible. See, you can have responsibility and not be responsible, brothers and sisters. You have responsibility to subdue your flesh and have dominion over it, brothers and sisters. See, that's when you become an adult, a man or woman, and are able to obtain your inheritance. When you become responsible, and that's to subdue our flesh and then have dominion over it. Why? Especially for the men. Why? Because a man worth submitting to has never had to tell a woman to submit. See? You have to deal with that first. You must subdue, your, you must subdue yourself first. Because you can't have dominion over anything until you subdue it. That was part of the laws he gave to Adam. Sub subdue and then have dominion over it. Because you can only have dominion once you subdue it. You must be responsible, brothers and sisters. Especially the men. You must be responsible, which means selfless. That's what responsibility is. As long as you're selfish, you're still a child. Which means you're a servant and a homeborn slave. Which means you will not obtain the promise. Why? Because you're still a child. Brother Wesley, I need you to read Jeremiah 2 and 14 one more time to show them how flawlessly this fits with Galatians. Jeremiah chapter 2 verse 14. Is Israel a servant? Is he a homeborn slave? Why is he spoiled? Look at this. Why is he spoiled? Spoiled means you're no good. See? If everything is about me, 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 how I feel, what I think, how I see it, my opinion, guess what? <laughs> guess what? You're spoiled and you're, you're not useful for him. You're not useful. So we have to be able to put that away. Exterminate that, brothers and sisters. Thoroughly. Because why? Though a child be an heir... Until he come of full age, he differeth nothing from a slave or from a servant. Brothers and sisters, why? Because you're serving your flesh. You can't act any way that you don't feel. See, you can't feel one way and still do what's needed. You're a servant to your lust, to your passion, and to your flesh, to your deceitful heart, like Jeremiah 17 and 9 saying, Guess what? You definitely can't be used by the Most High. If you're following your heart, you're still a servant. You're still a slave. What, what, what the Bible is illustrating here is some, some deep information, brothers and sisters, for self-reflection. Every man and woman have to, you know, study these scriptures and examine themselves and say, where am I lacking? How can I be better? Because we all can be better. Unless you're perfect and you're not, neither am I. There's places for improvement with all of us, brothers and sisters, and we will continue until the day come where the mo where you know the Most High sends Christ to crack the atmosphere. Let's go to Jeremiah twenty nine and eleven, brother. Why? Because 
A lot of people think that I've heard brothers say, well, I, I, the most high don't want me to be happy. He don't love me because he won't let me do this or won't give me that. <laughs> I'm like, how that if that's not spoiled, I mean, I don't know what is. I don't know what is. Just like you used to tell your parents, you, you hate me. You don't really love me because you're taking my phone. Or you won't give me this game. Still a child. See, you can be full grown. You can be, you know, you can be full grown adult externally while in internally. And you're still like a child. You're still as an adolescence. Read verse 11, brother, please. Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord. Saith who? Saith the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. Read that again, brother, please. Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. That's the key. To give you an expected end. That expected end is called destiny, brothers and sisters. The expected end for why he designed me. See, he has a purpose and a place for you. He has an assignment and a function for you. So we must be delivered from everything that's restricting me from my greatest use. See, you have to get online with his expected end for you, brothers and sisters. See, it's not that he don't want you to be happy. If he sees a barrier to your destiny, he's going to cancel it out. Because he have an expected end for you, brothers and sisters. Not that the Most High don't love you and don't want you to have fun and, and, and all this stuff. He have an expected end for you, brothers and sisters. Read that one more time. Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. See, so this is my responsibility. In order to obtain my destiny, I must put some things away. See, if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit, like John told us, brothers and sisters. I have to make sure I align myself with that expected end. He has an expected end for me. See? So this isn't, I'm just, you know, going through the whim. I'm just waking up and see, you know, see what happens. No. He has an expected end. He has a destiny. He has a destination prepared for me. And the things that will restrict me from that destination have to be cut away, brothers and sisters. Circumcision is uncomfortable, brothers and sisters. We understand. This is uncomfortable. We know. That's why he said in Joshua 5, he gave them time to be made whole. Because it's uncomfortable, brothers and sisters. And that's okay. Let's go to Jeremiah 4 and 3, brother. Same book, different chapter. Jeremiah chapter 4 verse 3 For thus says the Lord to the men of Judah and Jerusalem Break up your fallow ground Break up your fallow ground And sow not among thorns Look at this, break up your fallow ground What is this talking about? Read brother Circumcise yourselves to the Lord And take away the foreskins of your heart See that fallow ground is speaking of that stony heart Brothers and sisters 
See, when it says break up your fallow ground and sow not among thorns. Read that from the top, brother, please. Jeremiah chapter 4, verse 3. For thus saith the Lord to the men of Judah and Jerusalem, Break up your fallow ground and sow not among thorns. Circumcise yourself to the Lord and take away the foreskins of your heart. Do what? Take away the foreskins of your heart. Why is it saying break up your fallow ground? Because you cannot plant a seed in hard ground, brothers and sisters. The ground is stubborn. It won't take the seed. So he has to break up your hardened heart and make you uncomfortable, brothers and sisters. See, this is going to be uncomfortable. Breaking up the ground. Breaking up your ground, your heart. See, brothers and sisters, circumcise yourself unto the Most High. Take away the foreskins of your heart. See, and this will be uncomfortable, brothers and sisters. Uh, enough with this God that's interested in your comfort. God is not interested in your comfort. He's interested in your correction. And he will make you uncomfortable to correct you, brothers and sisters. Why? Because you can't be corrected until you're uncomfortable. The cross was not comfortable. Brothers and sisters. See? Are you thinking about that at all? Or are you thinking about me, 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 me? Read three one more time, brother. Jeremiah chapter 4 verse 3. For thus says the Lord to the men of Judah and Jerusalem. Break up, break up your fellow ground and sow not among thorns. Circumcise yourself to the Lord and take away the foreskins of your heart. Ye men of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, lest my fury come forth like fire and burn that none can quench it because of the evil of your doings. See, brothers and sisters, we're talking about uncomfortable circumcision, breaking up your fallow ground. It's going to hurt. It's going to be uncomfortable. But that's the symbol. That's symbolic that you love God so much. You'll break up that fallow ground and make yourself uncomfortable. You will circumcise yourself. See, brothers and sisters, now you understand Mark 4 when it talks about the seed and, and the, uh, the stony ground. Now you're seeing. See, that's, th that's referring to your heart. Break up your fallow ground. Circumcise yourself and take away the foreskins of your heart. See, brothers and sisters, it will be uncomfortable because the cross was not comfortable. Let's magnify that by going to Isaiah 28 and 23, brother. Please follow us, brothers and sisters. An inside job. Isaiah chapter 28, verse 23. Give ye ear. Do, do what? Give ye ear and hear my voice. Hearken and hear my speech. Doth the plowman plow all day to sow? Doeth he open and break the clods of his ground? Break the clods of his ground. So look at this, brothers and sisters. Plowing represents naturally the preparatory discipline by which the spiritual soil is rendered fit for the sower's work. So the plowing will be uncomfortable and unfamiliar, brothers and sisters. See, it will be uncomfortable breaking up the clods of ground. Because why? A seed cannot be sown. You can't receive blessings till you break up this this fallow ground. And this will, this plowing is always uncomfortable. It's always unfamiliar. See, the problem, brothers and sisters, is we've confused God with our mama.
That's why we want to quit in life anytime life don't treat you like your mama. We don't recognize love unless it feel like mama. God ain't your mama. He's the most high. And see, that's 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 where we get it confused. We have a, a, a skewed view of who God is and what love is. You have to be careful, brothers and sisters. You have to be very careful. Let's go to Hosea, brother, 10 and 12. Please follow us, brothers and sisters. Hosea, chapter 10, verse 12. Sow to yourselves in righteousness. Reap in mercy. Break up your fallow ground. Do what? Break up your fallow ground. For it is time to seek the Lord till he come and rain righteousness upon you. See? So before he rain down the blessings on you, you have to break up the fallow ground. Why? Because the seed or the blessing can't take root if your ground is stubborn. Brothers and sisters. See? He wants you to cut off what's natural to us. And guess what? We love what's familiar because it's comfortable. Do you know we can become comfortable with something that's killing us, brothers and sisters? Nothing grows in your comfortable places. Everything worth having grows in discomfort. So if I'm waiting on my feelings to align with my destiny, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. That's why you have to train yourself to react in a way in which you don't feel like. Read that one more time, brother. Hosea chapter 10 verse 12. Sow to yourselves in righteousness. Reap in mercy. Break up your fallow ground. For it is time to seek the Lord. Till he come and rain righteousness upon you. See, until he come and rain righteousness upon you. You must break up your fallow ground before that rain of righteousness come upon you. Brothers and sisters. See, always remember this brothers and sisters. It's uncomfortable but it's necessary. The stubbornness, the obstinate heart, the bullheadedness, it must be exterminated within our people or we will not make it. We're going to go to Jeremiah 7 and 24. Please follow us, brothers and sisters. Jeremiah chapter 7 verse 24. But they hearkened not, nor inclined in their ear. But walked in the councils and in the imaginations of their evil heart and went backward and not forward. And did what? And went backward and not forward. Brothers and sisters, there is a penalty for trying to fulfill your destiny carnally that can and will have a detrimental consequence. When you take your destiny into your own hands, you're actually backpedaling away from your destiny. See, that's what we do. We try to take our destiny into our own hands and our own strength. Read it one more time, brother. Jeremiah chapter 7 verse 24. But they hearkened not, nor inclined their ear, but walked in the councils and in the imaginations of their evil heart, and went backward and not forward. Now we want to show you something. It says, and went backward and not forward. That's the key part that I want you to analyze. Keep that part right there, brothers and sisters. Because when you don't listen to him and you walk in your own counsel from your evil heart, you actually go backwards. You're not going forward. You're losing time, brothers and sisters. And then when you finally do it, you've wasted all this time. We're going to show you that. 
when you take your destiny into your own hand, you're actually backpedaling away from what your destiny is. Let's go to Acts 7 and 22. We're going to use Moses as an example. We're going to use Moses as an example. Because if it can happen to Moses, it can definitely happen to me or you. Acts chapter 7 verse 22. And Moses was learned in all the wisdom of the Egyptians and was mighty in words and in deeds. And when he was full 40 years old. Read that part again. And when he was full 40 years old. It came into his heart to visit his brethren, the children of Israel. And seeing one of them suffer wrong, he defended them and avenged him that was oppressed and smote the Egyptian. Read that again from the top, brother, please. I need brothers and sisters to really pay attention to the words on this page. Acts chapter 7 verse 22. And Moses was learned in all the wisdom of the Egyptians. And was mighty in words and in deeds. And when he was full 40 years old. 40 years old. It came into his heart to visit his brethren, the children of Israel. And seeing one of them suffer wrong, he defended him and avenged him that was oppressed and smote the Egyptian. Now remember, brothers and sisters, the previous scripture, Jeremiah 7 and 24 said, But they hearkened not, nor inclined their ear, but walked in the counsels and in the imagination of their evil heart and went backward and not forward. So when you take your destiny into your own hands, you go backwards and not forward. Why? Because you're trying to do this carnally without his instruction. Now, look at this, brothers and sisters. Moses was 40 years old when he smoked this Egyptian. We all know what happened subsequent to that. He fled into the wilderness, fear for his life. We're going to show you something. Go to Exodus 7 and 7, brother. Moses lost 40 years, brothers and sisters, off of his life, trying to fulfill his destiny in his flesh. We're going to prove that. Uh, excuse me. Exodus 7 and 7. Please follow us. Exodus chapter 7, verse 7. And Moses was four score years old. Read that again. And was, and Moses was four score years old. He was 80 years old. And Aaron four score and three year, years old. When they spoke unto Pharaoh. When what? When they spoke unto Pharaoh. Brothers and sisters, he was 80 years old when he finally came back to tell Mo, uh, Pharaoh to let my people go. Now, remember, this previous scripture said he was 40 when he smote the Egyptian. He was four score, which is 80, when he actually spoke to Pharaoh and said, let my people go. Why? Because after he killed that Egyptian, he fled into the, into the desert to hide. Why? Why? When you act with no faith, using your flesh, you lose the most important commodity, which is time. Brothers and sisters, don't allow your own perception of the situation to lead you falsely. Why? Moses, he was supposed to be the deliverer. So he decided to deliver in his flesh. See? The Most High said, yeah, you're going to help deliver, but not that way. He didn't tell Moses to do that. And look what happened. Moses lost 40 years of his life. See? So you'll break down before the Most High will because the Most High got nothing but time. You're getting older, not him. You could have did this 40 years ago, Moses, but you chose 
to take your destiny into your own hands. You chose to try to fulfill your destiny carnally. 40 years, brothers and sisters. And this is what happens when we go outside of the parameters of his instruction. When we finally get a chance to break down and humble ourselves, we've already lost. What should have took six months has now taken six years. Why? Because of the stubbornness, because of the unbelief, because of the carnality of our flesh. So I hope, brothers and sisters, that you got a clear understanding here that when it says in Jeremiah 7 and 24, I believe that was, it tells you what? That you actually go backward and not forward when you're dealing in your carnal, uh, in your carnality. When you don't listen to the Most High, you go backwards, brothers and sisters. You go backwards. So don't lose time, brothers and sisters. You must have faith. You must have faith. We're going to prove that. Let's go to 2 Corinthians 4 and 18. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18, Brother Wesley. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18. Verse 18. While, while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things that are which are not seen for the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Read that again, brother. Second Corinthians chapter four, verse 18. Whilst we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen for the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. So look at that brothers and sisters. It's telling you, if you're looking at the, th you need to be looking at the things that which you cannot see with your natural eyes. Because the things you see in with your natural eyes are temporal. But the things which you cannot see is that which is eternal. So it's just telling you, if you must observe some miraculous sign before you react, you have no value to the Most High. Because you're not moving on faith. You need to actually see something before you move. That's part of being spoiled, brothers and sisters. You have no value to the Most High God. We're going to prove that because what he's telling you to cut away, whether you see how it could be, you know, how this can you lead to an infection or not, you have to do it. It's not about what you see. It's about you, what you don't see. Trusting him. And we're going to prove that. Let's go to Hebrews 11 and 6, brother. We're wrapping it up here, brothers and sisters. I'm going to stick in the New Testament here. Please follow us. Hebrews 11 and 6. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. Read that again, brother. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. Impossible, brothers and sisters. So you can follow whatever you want to follow. Okay? Without faith, you cannot please him. It's impossible. We must walk by faith and not by sight, brothers and sisters. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is... And that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. See, so anyone who will not embrace that which he cannot see is regarded as a disgrace and disappointment, brothers and sisters. Why? Because you must use faith to believe that what he's cutting away will restrict you from obtaining your reward, whether you can see it or not. 
So if you don't have faith, it's impossible to please him. Impossible. I don't care who you are, including me. You must have a radical faith, brothers and sisters. I don't, you know what, Father? I don't see how this is possible, but I'm going to take you at your word because, I mean, <laughs> what other choice do I have? It's impossible. That word is strong, brothers and sisters. No matter if you're baptizing people and you're baptized, you, you're not eating pork and all that. That's good. That's good. You still haven't pleased him because you have no faith. That's why he cut us off. Remember, when you go back into the Old Testament, it tells you that when Moses struck the rock, it was because of unbelief. Why? Because the Most High believes, or how he wants us to understand, is that when we disobey him, it's a lack of belief in him. Because if you believed in what he was saying was right, or he had your best interest in his heart, why wouldn't you do it? See? So disobedience is a lack of, un, or excuse me, it's a lack of faith, it's unbelief. Well, look at that, brothers and sisters. Because if what he's saying is right, why not do what he said? Oh, because you believe you know better than he does. That means you have no faith in him. We want it to be clear, brothers and sisters. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. Let's go to Psalms 51 and 10, brother, as we wrap it up now. Psalms chapter 51, verse 10. Psalms chapter 51, verse 10. Created me a clean heart. Read that again. Created me a clean heart, O God, and, re and renew a right spirit within me. Read that again, brother. Psalms chapter 51 and 10. Created me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Brothers and sisters, it says, creating me a clean heart. You must acknowledge that your heart is unclean. See? Why? Because you can't put away what you won't identify. Ask and he shall receive, brothers and sisters. It's going to take a concerted effort to fight against your natural proclivity to follow your feelings. See, the psalmist here admitted that his heart was unclean, creating me a clean heart. See, so you first must be real with yourself and then real with the God, with the God that created you, brothers and sisters. These are the steps that must be taken in order to do what? To circumcise your heart. Circumcise your heart. This is an inside job. It's, it's uncomfortable. It's painful. It will scar. But a scar is an indication of healing, brothers and sisters. To say, listen, I will scar myself, Father. I will cut myself because I want to be in covenant with you. See, that's being a man. That's what... Abraham showed his children. That's what he took Ishmael out there and did. That's what he was showing Isaac. This is what was going on here, brothers and sisters. This is what it takes to be a man of God. I'm going to cut myself for him. That part that is natural but not needed. That part that has a tendency to get infected. It's a tall task, brothers and sisters, but those who accomplish this goal will receive the promises of Abraham. We're going to end it here. Ezekiel 36 and 26, brothers and sisters. 
Follow us here. This will be our last scripture for the day. Excuse me. Ezekiel 36 and 26. Ezekiel chapter 36. Verse 26. Verse 26. A new heart also will I give you. A new spirit will I put within you. And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh. And I will give you a, a heart of flesh. He will give us a heart of flesh, brothers and sisters. But at first, it takes us to circumcise, brothers and sisters. Because guess what? Once you start cutting off those pieces um, of your past that give you the tendency to disobey him. He will renew your spirit. He will renew your heart. It becomes easier once you put the stubbornness away. That have to go away because that will apply to a hundred different things, not just one thing. If you're stubborn about one thing, you'll be stubborn about 21 things. So you have to put the stubbornness together all. The whole thing must be put away, brothers and sisters. Because why? If you'll do it on any level, you'll do it on every level. There's no way that you'll make the most high believe that, well, I only did it with this. No, you only did it with that because that's all you care about today. But tomorrow you'll care about something else. Or 10 years, 20 years from now, you'll do the same thing. So for that reason, we were purged in the wilderness, brothers and sisters. Joshua 5 tell you this right before we went into the promised land, a cutting had to take place. Even though we were being blessed, even though we were being led without that cutting, the Most High told us, I've taken you as far as I can with that flesh. I've taken you as far as I can. Just because I haven't said anything doesn't mean I don't con that I condone it. Why? Because you're too close to the promise now. You're too close. And your proximity... To this promise means that a cutting must take place because you're too close. You're at the cusp, brothers and sisters. You're right at the door. But before the rain of righteousness and blessing fall upon you, a cutting must take place. Today's lesson, brothers and sisters, was an inside job where we use the Bible to illustrate that circumcision of the heart. That taken away of that stubbornness, that, that stony heart that reside within the children of Israel, brothers and sisters. We used a plethora of scriptures to help our brothers and sisters to identify what it is they're dealing with. Our natural proclivity to go against the Most High. We pray that brothers and sisters um, receive the understanding of how to apply these scriptures. We want to say, Kwam Yasharala. Kwam Yasharala. Sin no more. Sin no more.